What's good, ladies and gents? This is your host, David Huang, and today you're listening to the Third Culture Kingdom podcast. If you didn't tune in last week for part one of Blessings, Burdens, and Laughs regarding childhood, I'd highly recommend it. We were joined by my little brother, Aaron Huang, to hear about his Asian American childhood and growing up with Asian parents. This week, we'll explore his teenage years wrestling with culture, friendships, and parental friction. Here's part two of Blessings, Burdens, and Laughs, Adolescence. So Aaron, I know both of you and I agree that while there were many burdens that came with our experience as Asian American kids, there were also many blessings and laughs. I guess the scientific term for the next stage of life is adolescence. Adolescence. What comes to mind for you when you hear that word? When I hear the word adolescence, I think of a lot of different nouns and adjectives. And some of them that come to me are navigation, right? Where you're having to navigate the various parts of your life. You know, for me, it was church, social life, academic life. Uh, another couple words that come to mind are stupidity, immaturity, <laughs> embarrassment. You know, I said and did a lot of things that I was like, man, what the heck was I thinking? And I'm sure that's the case for a lot of you guys listening and also David. Uh, you know, pain is one of them. Uh, there are definitely a lot of painful moments during my time growing up. Purpose, you know, I think I was searching for just kind of, you know, what am I going to do with my future? What am I going, what am I doing now? You know, how does this apply to who I'll be or who I'll become? Difficulty, you know, we'll get to that later down the line. Uh, I'm sure you have some questions and topics <laughs> on that. Um, Sounds like a rough <laughs> junior, senior high experience. Um, know, these are, these mine, are just... was, mine was amazing. So just kidding. It was very, it, it was difficult. I, I'm just kidding. Everybody. Just um, some of the words that come to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, going off of that a little bit, uh, how would you describe yourself as a teenager? How would I describe myself as a teenager? A noob. No. Um... <laughs> oh, wait. For those out there that don't know what that is, you want to, you want to explain what that means? <laughs> I don't know how to quite describe it, but a noob would just be like someone who's not good at something, or like is it, a newbie, it's, it's, I guess. Yeah, it stands for newbie, it. right? It stands for right. newbie. You know, to elaborate a little bit on that, I, I think that period of life is a time where most people feel kind of out of place. And for me personally, I felt pretty isolated. I didn't really feel like I fit in anywhere. I found myself often longing for a deeper connection and relationship with people uh, beyond what I felt like my peers were suggesting or wanting at the time. I was very reserved and shy, not great socially. You know, I, I kind of tying back to that a little bit, I was searching for this, this sense of fulfillment and I, I didn't feel that from the environment I was in oftentimes. And I was really self-conscious about the way I, you know, dressed, the way I spoke, the things I did, you know, how people would perceive that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm making it sound a lot more like worse than it actually is, but these are some of the things that like definitely come to mind when I think sure. about that time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I kind of feel like junior, senior, high school is kind of when everyone becomes super self-conscious, and you know everybody's got their rep, everybody's got almost this, you know, 
persona that they feel like they've got to uphold. Um, and almost everybody starts noticing the social structures that are kind of in place in the school. And then people kind of find their cliques accordingly. Um, wow. So with that, you know, where did you kind of connect with, you know, peers or um, make friends? So I'll, I'll answer that in two parts because I feel like there were two spheres for me in adolescence that there was, right, I have my high school group and then my church group, right? And I kept them like pretty separate from each other. I don't know. If, I, th I think that was more subconscious. I never really thought about it. In high school, uh, the high school environment, I also didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. Right. I felt, you know, I was a part of a lot of different friend groups, I would say. Like, I had a fairly friendly relationship with a lot of different groups of people, or like the, the identifiers that we put on certain high school uh, students, but I didn't really feel like anyone knew me, like Aaron, the person. I knew a lot of athletes. And I was always really self-conscious around them because I think part of me really wanted to be an athlete. You got to be cool. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but they, they seemed to like having me on their team in gym and stuff. So I was okay, like, oh, cool. Okay. You know, I knew band and orchestra kids and we talk about like music-related topics and that sort of stuff. I knew theater kids because I did fall play one year. Okay. Um, All right. That was an interesting experience. And it was All right. I see you. a step out of my comfort zone for sure. I knew the nerds, in quote, right? I was part of the strategic gaming club. Oh, heck yeah. We played board games on heck Fridays. Yeah. Uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before yeah. I even you go on, I kind of think that's funny just because, you know, back in the day, board games were like like the nerdy, geeky thing. Yeah. But now everybody's in the board games, and kind of now it's like the thing. So yeah, it's funny. Just a, just a funny thing to know right there. <laughs> right, you know, when I, when I hit college and people were like, oh, let's play board games, I was like... People right. play board games? You guys, like... you know, that's cool. Yeah, and kind of, you know, going down that list of students. Like, I knew high-achieving students, and, uh, you know, they we worked together on a number of different, like, school projects and stuff, and they liked me, I liked them. But I don't really feel like I truly felt comfortable in high school with the people around me. Sure. And I, like, you know, I navigated that for the entirety of my adolescence. Sure, yeah, yeah. And in terms of church... Church was a little bit different. I think it's it's generally pretty different for most people if you have those two realms, right? I felt like similar that the image I often projected wasn't really how I was feeling about my life. In church. Right. Yeah, I felt like I always had to be, I guess for lack of a better word, like mature, or I had to be... Aaron the mature. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but like a goody two-shoes, I guess. Okay. the way I felt. You know, there were very... Very, very few people that I was willing to share my, like, blunt, raw feelings with. Mm -hmm. I always yeah. kind of, like, put it in a, you know, in a lens and made it less, yeah. less blunt. Uh, I remember one time, you know, there was a winter retreat, and uh, we were told to rate how we felt like our relationship with God was, mm -hmm. and I said a six. Mm -hmm. And one of the other students was like, wow, really? I thought you were, like, an eight or a nine. And I remember mm -hmm. at that time, I was like... I mean, looks can be deceiving. Yeah, like honestly, obviously, the way that I'm portraying myself on the outside is not how I feel on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those are kind of the way I kind of felt about you know the two main realms of my life at the time. Right. Now I got you. I got you. Kind of 
pivoting off of that of that a little bit into a different question but you know obviously you know we grew up in a chinese church what did that dynamic do in terms of you know influencing the way that you went about you know your life um when you had to go back to school you know because obviously there's people of different cultures in in school as well so yeah i think you know having to snap back into the school mood like i felt like i had these two different like attitudes at church i was a little bit more willing to share certain thoughts and feelings at high school i, I didn't talk to like anyone mm-hmm. about things i actually felt or things sure. i actually was dealing with and obviously i didn't you know i didn't have a phone at the time so yeah. i didn't really communicate with people you know sure i use like facebook messenger that's like kind of different right. from having a phone or, or, or you get a google voice number <laughs> yeah, google voice number i did use that for a little bit but like no one had my google voice number so that wasn't that wasn't a main method of communication but yeah. um yeah i think i think i found that i tried to keep those two things like pretty separate mm-hmm like, I, honestly, I, I think I would be pretty interested in knowing how, like, someone who didn't really know me all that well in high school, like, know me. Like, how, how they, they would describe me. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It's it's always really interesting to think about how people might perceive you, because a lot of times it actually may be a lot different than what you think about yourself. It's kind of funny, even with the phone thing. I mean, I had, you know, the, the Nokia little brick phone. Yeah, and you with... gave it to me. <laughs> And I had a thousand minutes, including text, like minutes counted as text. Yep. And I had a thousand minutes a month. <laughs> yep. I those days. You know, my parents said, oh, it's only for emergencies. And so, yep, I never really gave out my number, never really gave out that because I was kind of embarrassed of my little Nokia phone. <laughs> But, but it's all good, you know, God is good so much that, uh, you know, we can be thankful for, um, outside of, you know, the realm of school and church, obviously there's one really key aspect of life that influences everything else, which is home life. So during adolescence, you know, as an Asian American, kind of what did home life look for you? Generally, home life was kind of set on a schedule. And it was kind of that way throughout elementary school, too. But you'd come home, you'd get maybe one to two hours of relaxation time. And then from then on out, like, you know, five to whatever you went to sleep was, like, work time, right? And we substitute out time for dinner, break time, which was, like, 10, 15-minute breaks. I mean, I... I started doing, like, homework in front of the computers. I would, like, be pretty distracted. So, you know, it's kind of, like, the home life schedule. You know, as as for, like, home life itself, you know, if I kind of had to, like, rate it, I'd probably say it was okay, right? There were definitely good parts and there were definitely bad parts. For a significant majority of uh, of high school, I was in the house alone, right? Uh, you were off to college and our oldest brother was off at his new job, uh, about an hour and 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think 
there were parts of me that when I was a kid, I was like, man, I wonder what it's like to be an only child. Hmm. Like your parents, all your parents' attention is focused on you. Sure. I kind of got that treatment, right, when you guys were away. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, good, and, good and bad uh, <laughs> attention. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, mom and dad had wholly focused their intention on me. And I thought, when I was a kid, I thought it would be nice. But, like, obviously, when I was in high school, I found it, like, a lot less enjoyable. Because sometimes, you know, I would want to talk to someone I didn't really feel comfortable talking to mom and dad. It's kind of like that age where you have a lot of difficulties communicating uh, and understanding your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there were more than a few times where we had some pretty bad arguments, right? And I think that's that's true for a lot of students in that age range. Sure. Uh, it's just kind of the time. Um, in terms of, like, extracurricular activities, like, I didn't really go out of the house. And I think that's, I don't know, I think it's a mix of uh, cultural and also just our general family sure you know i went to sleep over at some friends houses and i did youth group and church um i played piano for a pretty long while but i got that cut off a little bit earlier than you did because i did fall play and i used that as an excuse <laughs> to piano, really. um but i still play to this day so and i've learned a lot of songs i i like from you know different shows or movies and stuff so it it did have some merit i remember i was very happy i got to end piano lessons earlier Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's real. I, I think I mentioned this last time, but just that generation gap and cultural gap is just such a difficult one to bridge, especially when you kind of don't have the language to verbalize how you feel. Diving into that a little more, what did the relationship between you and our parents kind of feel like when, you know, things started getting a little strained or difficult? I, I think... When I described that period of time, it would I think I think the word I would use would probably have to be something like disconnect or mm-hmm. you know inability to share our honest feelings. Sure. At least okay. for me, and I think it's a combination of you know the the feeling of adolescence is is being misunderstood. I think sure. everyone at their age, everyone at that age, goes through some kind of like, oh, no one understands me, uh-huh. kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, and when you're like a little kid, like being around your parents is cool, right? Mm. And when you get to that age, you're like, I don't want to like be with my parents anymore. Right. You want to hang cool. out with your friends. Yeah, you kind of want to strike out on your own and be your own person and this sort of thing. And obviously, when your expectations as an adolescent and their expectations differ, right, it, it mm. creates this these heated arguments it creates you know a refusal to discuss things just like brooding and so Mm. on and so forth and i think the the feeling of being misunderstood is something that would throw anyone off from being honest with someone else right it's like well if you don't understand me why would i even say what i actually think because you're not going to understand and unfortunately i you know part of hormones and genes but uh it becomes natural at that age with one's parents Mm -hmm. yeah no i got you if you're willing to share, you know, I'd love to hear kind of what, you know, one of the disagreements or arguments kind of was about, you know, what 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 kind of caused some friction or maybe even a blow up or something. Yeah, um, I mean, I've talked a relative length with like some people at youth about it. I remember at the time, but so I usually call my my sophomore year of high school, like 
probably one of the hardest years of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had just left for college, and our oldest brother was off an hour, 30 minutes away, and he was working his job, and he had his own stuff to deal with. And I think there were, there were parts of me that, that were sad that you were gone, because it's like the first time, you know, I'm, I'm alone in the house. And there, there was no one for me to necessarily hash out my feelings with mm-hmm. now that you were gone. Yeah, granted, like, a phone call, but phone calls are a little different than, like... Right, and we weren't, like, that close at that moment to where we would call each other, and almost we probably didn't wouldn't know how to right. communicate that well. Right. And so, you know, I think that year I I came to have to confront a lot of the things that... I'd been fighting for a long time. Mm-hmm. Definitely in that stage of adolescence, like I, I think when I was younger, I, I loved being called like David and Jothan's brother because I was like, oh, my brothers are David and Jothan, and I'm proud that I'm David and Jothan's brother. Mm-hmm. When I got to adolescence and those teenage years, it became kind of like it stung more because I'm like, no, I'm Aaron. Like I'm not David and Jothan's brother. Right, you're your own person. Right. And so obviously working through that was was difficult to begin with. I I wasn't clinically diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I was depressed. Yeah, I don't know what you can really understand what is real joy unless, like, you've been at the bottom, right? Hmm. Um, And you've been in that extremely low point. You know, it's kind of the year that gave me the understanding that pain is really holy in people's lives. Hmm. Um, So... You know, like many other Asian households, my parents and I argued a lot about academics. Mm-hmm. And in this particular instance, it was math. Mm-hmm. And it was AP sure. Calculus AB. And, you know, it was, it was a mix of things. I don't think my teacher was very good. There was definitely a part of me that was very prideful. I didn't want to seek help. I felt like I could push through it myself. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, like, when your parents are nipping at your heels to, to get better grades, it's also like... Mm-hmm. I feel like I can do it. Right. Like, you get off my back. Yeah. And so, you know, I was struggling with myself and, you know, this obviously made its way into this, into the academic realm. Mm-hmm. I remember dad exchanged a few emails with her and that, I was not very happy about that. <laughs> oh man. You know, it, it's interesting cause you know, when you're, when you're at, when you're at that point, obviously like. It's kind of like a bubbling pot, right? You have water mm. and you have a lid, right. and slowly you start right. seeing the steam rise, and right. eventually it's gonna right. It just starts simmering, 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 and and all the the pent up feelings start bubbling up to the surface. Yeah, I I can remember pretty clearly, you know, because I I've kind of described how I felt. That was probably when I felt the most isolated, the most alone. I remember there was this one time where my mom uh, was sitting. In, in our office with uh, on a different computer and I was doing some chemistry homework. The homework was like the exact same material that we had just learned in class that day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but that really like irritated me. Like I can't, I can't really explain why. Maybe it was just like, I feel like this is just useless because I know this information. I don't know why I have to put it down on this sheet of paper to give back to you for you to grade to just give me like you know, an A or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember I made this, like, really annoyed, like, noise of frustration. And I can't really describe it. But, okay. like, 
obviously like my mom and I sitting in this room and I just suddenly go like you know I just make this weird noise right <laughs> mom's like what is wrong with you she's like are you trying to spit out mucus <laughs> yeah like she, she she got really confused and I just kind of like stomped upstairs because I was just like super like uh-huh. angry right yeah um yeah I think that was that was the first time that you know thoughts of you know, thoughts of, man, if I weren't here, like, would anyone care? Like, mm, yeah. does anyone actually know me for me? Does anyone love yeah. me for me for me? Like, you know, that, that was my first brush with thoughts of suicide. You know, unfortunately, I, I see that becoming much more of a trend in that period of adolescence, right? When we're searching and we're searching and we're searching. Yeah. And we have nowhere else to turn to. So we're like, man, like, I'd rather just be away with it. Thankfully... You know, that, that period of time, and I know, like, when you came home for winter break, I think I told you a little bit about it, but obviously you never heard mm-hmm. specific specifics. Right. It was February 2nd, and the Broncos were playing Seattle in the Super Bowl oh, that man. year. Yeah, I made it through that first semester, and I didn't, I didn't tell really anyone about how I felt in that first semester. And we spent all, all day at Grandma's house to watch the Super Bowl. And then we just got like completely just whomped. Like it's thirty-five to zero. I think at halftime. Who is we? The Broncos. <laughs> I'd been looking so forward to it all day, and it wasn't it wasn't the thing that like obviously triggered me. It was the thing that right. kind of shoved me over the end because right, it's looking kind of, forward to it. Yeah. So I remember I was just so upset, and I I remember calling one of my youth leaders, and he came over, and you know I just kind of cried and poured you know, out your heart, poured out my heart. Yeah. You know, talked about how I'd been feeling with just a number of different things. Yeah, it was interesting because my my dad actually got to bed, and so he was around for that part. So I actually only ended up talking to my mom. Kind of talked about how I'd been feeling, and I think it was a great surprise to her. I'd never mentioned these things. Mm-hmm. Never had discussed my feelings or mm-hmm. yeah these you know, these things from my heart. And so I remember when that, that night ended up ending, and I went to sleep that night. I do remember, you know, dad came in at one point during the night. Uh, Mom probably told him what happened. He kind of said something I couldn't really hear, and he kind of just, like, patted me on the head. Yeah. You know, and that, that was, uh, <laughs> that's something I think I'll, I'll carry with me. You know, I, and of course I went to school the next day. <laughs> yeah. But, like, um... Yeah, that, that was probably, that was, that was the turning point for me my, my sophomore year, you know? You know, I feel like when I had nowhere else to turn to and, you know, I, I had people around me to help me. You know, while things weren't immediately better, they did show gradual improvement. Yeah. You know, mom and dad yeah. were definitely more willing to be a little bit more understanding, though obviously we still had a couple brush-ups here and there. Sure. And I, I felt like I matured a lot from my experiences. Right. Uh, you know, I, I felt as if God told me, you know, no matter what, this life throws at you, you know, I'll be with you in the midst of it. Yeah. Just having that is, it's just a huge comfort. Sure. Yeah, man, that's, that's a lot. Thanks for, for sharing and opening up about that. There, there's, man, so many things I could, I could touch on, uh, that you just mentioned. (laughs) One thing, (laughs) one thing that I kind of thought about was just how my arguments with dad were really just about piano. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we did have a few conversations about math as well. Um, kidding aside, you know, 
talking about what you just mentioned, I feel like there's just so much mental, emotional stress that a lot of teenagers feel, Yeah. you know, in almost all the aspects of their life. Absolutely. Um, you know, with, you know, feeling like they need to try and fit in or meet people's expectations and, and yeah. keep up personas, yeah. whether that's maintaining a certain emotional state or maybe pretending to be okay when you're not yeah also you know navigate seeing people who may not come from the same background as you and 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 interacting with people like that you know because Uh i feel like you know just all these things combined and then you know then you throw in external factors within the home or within even society you know for example with you know, COVID and just the amount of stress that teenagers have to go through is is a lot, and and it almost causes people to to go into this this state of self sufficiency. Almost, you know, I think right. like, oh, like I gotta do this on my own. You know, mm-hmm. I gotta, you know, make it, and I can prove that I'm strong. Kind of, yeah, that just put so much pressure on yourself and you know i know that that's you know not what what god's intention is for people and for teenagers yeah, absolutely. so that's real man that's that's real what kind of came you know to to finish out high school then you know after that time period <laughs> i was a lot more honest with a lot of different people certainly my youth leader jason shout out jason was was instrumental in that because I just I had a lot of conversations with him you know from very casual to very deep during that time and he would often take other youth kids back to their house so I would ride with him and we get that time you know going to and coming back and then sometimes we would eat like Taco Bell afterwards and stuff and it was just kind of cool to chill with him honestly it's interesting because I feel like after that most of high school kind of blends together There weren't too many other notable, you know, blow-ups between myself and our parents. You know, I I definitely started working through myself as a person. You know, there's this one camp that, you know, I I attended every single year. And for the first couple years, I only hung out with, like, the counselors and, like, older kids. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as as I continued to grow older in high school, you know, I finally started reaching out to these other church groups that were there. You know, even though I was the only kid from, like, our church generally speaking at the time, you know, I was able to kind of like bridge that gap. You know, kids started to like get to know me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, the interesting part is it, it took, it took a while. Sure. I was, I was there for six years. Right. I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was only about like three years into that I actually started like making friends necessarily. Gotcha. Kudos and shout outs to like the counselors there at the time. Cause uh, I probably wouldn't have kept going if not mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, I, I can remember that my junior year was was pretty smooth. Yeah, there were a number of classes that were a little bit more difficult. Uh, physics, that class was uh, something that we had to take at our high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And there were some really hard assignments. It's a really hard test. <laughs> um, you know, by the grace of God, I made it through that. And then my my senior year, yeah, you know, I was a youth leader at our our youth group and felt like I was trying to kind of build these relationships with other churches, which was really cool. You know, we kind of got to do a lot of different youth events. 
that was the year actually where we didn't have a youth pastor, so that was really interesting. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I felt like life was stabilized. Yeah, you know? no, that's that's good. Yeah, and obviously, I think I think for you and for me, I think we would both agree that once you went off to college, you and I became much better of friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> like obviously, it's, we used it's to true. we it's used true. to fight a lot, and then like you know, once you went off to college and I started getting older. Uh, we started talking about our lives a lot more and like how we felt and apologizing for a lot of the things that we had done to each other when we were kids. For lack of a better word, like we both grew up. And it was really cool. Yeah, and so I, I had an enjoyable senior year. There are definitely some, uh, some other things that were, were tougher at the time, too. I, I think I had a lot more positive outlook yeah. on things. Right. Um, yeah. I felt a lot more self-assured in myself. Yeah. So. For sure, yeah. There's a lot of wisdom in in just understanding perspective and and the way that you see things. That's awesome, man. Uh, praise the Lord. God's faithful, man. Yeah, God's faithful. Uh, always love your insight and perspective on things. Thanks for you know sharing part of your life with us, man. Because you know a lot of things that you you mentioned are just so real and and important to to be able to give voice to so lastly you know kind of give us an update on you know what's happened to you in the present and and what are you working on currently yeah i'm working on just kind of three different projects my novel which i i took kind of a couple week hiatus on inspiration is really hard i'm sure a lot of you guys feel this way too in quarantine but just like finding the will to do things but yeah, I'm starting to get back into that. A new video essay on an anime called Sing Yesterday for me. Probably expect to see that in the relative future pretty soon. And then just kind of like a Star Wars story that I just kind of started writing on a whim. You know, I, I had made some Star Wars characters when I was younger. And you know, now I'm much older, writing like a coherent story for them. And so that's just kind of been a fun project to do. Aside from that, whatever comes to mind, I'll kind of probably write something on cool cool oh, i love it man how can people get in touch with you i would say the best ways are either through my blog or through my youtube channel sweet you heard the man check aaron and his work out and we will catch you next time here at the third culture kingdom podcast peace Thank you so much for joining us for the second episode of the Third Culture Kingdom podcast. I hope that today's episode helped remind you that you're not alone. Emotional stress and mental health are real and definitely important aspects of life that we need to be aware of. So many times, though, we as people don't know how to deal with our emotions and our mental health. For parents who listen to this podcast today, I know that you all do your best with what you have. Keep up the good work and loving your children the best of your ability. Sit with them, cry with them, have fun with them, share your heart with them. It means more than you know. For anyone needing someone to talk to, please, please let your friends and your loved ones know. If you don't feel comfortable with that, please DM us at Third Culture Kingdom on IG or send us an email at the Third Culture Kingdom website. We know different counselors and coaches who are better equipped to assist and connect you with other professionals. We'd also love to hear your encouragements or if anything from this episode resonated with you. To get in touch with Aaron, you can visit his YouTube channel at number three, CH number zero, ES, 
and his blog at echomusings.com. His work is also under our featured fam section on the Third Culture Kingdom website, so you can check it out there. Next week, we'll be shifting gears a bit, and I promise you, you will not want to miss it. This is your host, David Huang, and I'm looking forward to connecting with you next time. Be bold, be kind, be you. God loves you.